Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I am Dr. Alfred Fisher, and I am so blessed to have this opportunity to share with you today. Today is a special day, a day that is set aside for the commemoration of mothers. One that is a legal holiday, but it's also one that I like to adopt to try and give a biblical message to encourage mothers as well as help our fathers out. So let us open with prayer. Our Father in heaven, Father, we come to you not worthy. We come to you recognizing our need for your grace, your holiness, your righteousness, Lord. We come to you not of our own merit, but by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We thank you, Father, that we have the privilege of calling you, Father, being grafted into your holy vine. We ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Lord, we ask that in the name of Jesus, that we would be found faithful. Lord, I ask that you be glorified in these words today, that you would move upon hearts and minds. Please bless those who hear. May they receive. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I'm coming to you with a something heavy in my heart, because as we look at this holiday with a time of commemorating mothers, we must also look around. And what do we find? We find a society that causes degradation. We find one that is overly stimulated with different sensualities. We find one in which people are demoralized. We find one in where people are not respected because of how God made them. And yet, and yet, dear friends, we're supposed to extol virtue? Well, our society mocks virtue. Our society derides morality. Our society makes fun of people who are chaste, who are godly. Rather, they want to go along with the baser urges and the sensualities that feed the passions of lust. But my dear friends, that's not what the Bible has called us to. That is not the example set out by God for us to follow. And so what is a mother? Well, the Bible makes it pretty clear that a mother is something that a father can never be. The highest calling given to a lady, a woman, is that of motherhood, one in which no one can take that away. You see, a man cannot be a mother. A woman cannot be a father. Two distinct roles. But what is a godly woman? What is a godly mother? Those are questions that if we are going to be critical in our thinking and have a clear understanding of what the Bible speaks about regarding this, we must understand 
that God formed and fashioned the woman to be who she is. I want to take you to the book of 1 Samuel today, and we're going to cover some other verses and, and other books, but I want to give you an account. I want to give you an account of a, a woman that I think we can learn from. And it's in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 1, and it reads like this. Now there was a certain man, and Ramath Zippam, of a Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Perenina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And off the bat, you would say, oh, the blessed one is the second wife. Hannah was barren. You see, this was a time, dear friends, when motherhood was cherished. When bearing forth a child was not just a role, but a privilege and an honor because it, it brought forth an heir. It showed blessing. You see, today we often have a misconstrued idea where we see blessing as that of money and physical gain and monetary, as well as other secular views of how successful someone is. But yet, in the Bible, blessing is often seen as a child, often seen as children. When a woman was unable to bear children, they were seen seen as less. They were seen as inferior. They were seen as possibly not doing their job. And it was a shameful thing for these ladies. Now, listen to what went on. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut her womb. Here we see something that's, that's very interesting. Despite her not having children, her husband still loved her. Despite not being able to bear children to him, he still loved her. Now, what I want you to notice is something very important here. This man was faithful. He went and worshipped God, offered a yearly sacrifice as was prescribed. And did you notice the names Hophni and Phinehas there? There's something important that I want you to understand about them much later. And there's something even more pivotal that is part of our society today. I'm going to take a little deviation from this chapter, and I want to take you over to another chapter in this same book. And that is about the word of the Lord. You see, while he was faithful, 
it seemed as if God had not been answering. It was few and far between that God was revealed to the people. And as such, their eyes, their spiritual eyes, had grown dim. But yet God was still faithful. Now, now listen here. I'm going to take you over to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And starting at verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes had begun to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple and the Lord of the Lord, where the ark of the Lord was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Now, my dear friends, did you happen to notice it said no open vision? People had drawn their hearts away from, away from God. They were content. The things that Hophni and Phinehas did were awful. That, and, and we can show you that later, but I want you to understand that the people's hearts had drawn away from God. They had drifted apart. They were no longer seeking the face of God in all things. But yet there was a faithful woman, Hannah, a faithful woman who was desperate to hear from God and desperate to see the hand of God move. And listen to what, what, what happened here. And her adversary also provoked her sore, meaning her, her, the other wife was making fun of her, goading her, chastising her because she couldn't have children. And it worried her for to make her fret because the Lord had shut her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Can you see in here? the emotional turmoil of this lady who had not yet been able to bear children. It frustrated her. It, it hurt her. And then to have the other wife in this account chastise her made it even worse. You can almost picture the flaunting of the children, can't you? Then, verse 8, said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? Now listen, listen, dear friends. This husband does like a lot of husbands do, try and comfort their wife. Was trying to say, look, despite what's going on, remember I love you. But that didn't appease Hannah. It didn't fill the ache in her heart. And it said, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And now listen to this. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. Dear friends, that is the key. That is the key. For you mothers out there who try and find answers in every other form, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Look at when Hannah was broken. Look at where she went. Look at what she did. She prayed. 
and she wept sore, and she didn't care who saw her. Meaning, what happened here is she cried her eyes out. Now listen, listen to what she said. She didn't say, oh, woe is me. Oh, make her stop. No, she did something that mothers, you need to start doing. Fathers, you need to start doing. And it's being honest with God. Listen to this. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look up on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head. Now, dear friends, I want you to think about this for a moment. Remember, remember this. Hannah didn't have children. Hannah didn't have kids. And yet, she's making a promise to God that if he would open her womb, she would give the child unto the service of the Lord. Now, this brings up a question. And I'm often asked this. How do I know if I am praying in the will of God? How do I know if I am praying in accordance to the will of God? Now, dear mothers, listen to this. As you are praying for your children, it's important to understand that when we pray, we pray for the things that God has. We pray for the will of God. Notice how she said, your handmaid, if you. She's showing her submission to a sovereign, mighty God, not imposing her own will, not imposing her own wants and desires, but recognizing a holy God that is sovereign, that is just, that is righteous, that is pure, and that is holy. Now, you may say, well, that sounds desperate, what she's doing. All she's doing is saying, well, God, I'll give you my kid if you just let me have one. Oh, but but what if I were to show you something? Did you know this? In the book of Numbers, and listen to what God told Moses. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, this is in chapter 3, starting at verse 11, by the way. And I beheld, and I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel, instead of all the firstborn that openeth the, the matrix. Upon among the children of the Israel, therefore the Levites shall be mine, because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in, in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be. I am the Lord. Now, dear friends, I don't know if Hannah knew what God had decreed to Moses. It doesn't say here. It doesn't say that she recalled being taught that. But that was something that God had told Moses, that the firstborn children were his. Now think about that for a moment. The firstborn. Christ was the firstborn. My friends, she was praying in the will. The Spirit of God was moving upon her, and she knew what she was saying. And it came to pass, verse 12 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, 
And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. What does that mean? He watched her lips move because she was praying silently, but had her lips, her mouth. She was mouthing the words. And the high priest saw it. He saw this. And oftentimes, when we see things, brothers and sisters, we view them with a carnal mind. We view them through carnal eyes. But listen, listen to what was said here. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart only, her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. Isn't that typical? Isn't that typical, dear friends? That how quickly we judge with a carnal mind and put it under the view, the guise, if you will, of Christianity or religiosity. Now, dear friends, dear friends, the initial impression that Eli had was that Hannah was drunk, that this praying woman, this woman who was seeking the face of God, was drunken. And yet, listen to the words of this godly woman. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Dear friends, here is the example. Dear ladies, dear mothers, dear aunts, dear grandmothers, dear sisters and dear daughters, hear this. She did not take and rile against the high priest of God. She did not take and say, How dare you? No. Listen. She showed respect. She saw who she was. She knows who she is. And she offered a simple explanation. No. No, sir. I, I, I'm not drunk. I'm just heartbroken. Ladies, I want you to understand something. Far too often, far too often, we think that we have every right to lash out no matter who is addressing us because we are people. And yes, there's nothing wrong with defending yourself. But one thing we have to do, dear friends, is this. We have to learn, as a culture, to be respectful. We have to learn, as individuals, to allow God to fight our battles. We have to learn that, oftentimes, a sharp rebuke is not the best. She did not go and cause complaint. No, she said, no, Lord, I'm just heartbroken. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. After she said that she had prayed, she said, Please do not think less of me. Please do not count me as a daughter that is lying. Do not count me as a daughter of, of mischief. But I'm just pouring my heart out, and out of my grief is all I am doing. Now listen to Eli. 
Then then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Now, dear friends, dear ladies, hear me on this. Please hear me closely. This was a blessing given by the priest. And, whether he realized it or not, this is a birth foretold. Remember, may God grant you your petition. My friends, as we go on here, I want you to think about this. Being a mother is more than just biological. Being a godly mother is an amazing gift to mankind. And that means imparting that wisdom. Look, look with me really quick, if you will, over to Titus. Titus, wow, <laughs> you know, when, when I think about this, Titus says to let the women, older women teach the younger, impart their wisdom. And I'm paraphrasing here due to time. But my friends, some of you out there do not have children. But yet God has allowed you to be an influence on those around you in a godly way. You know, there's a very famous proverb of train up your child in a way which they shall go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Something I'm, I want to point out with that, it's indicative of our culture and that we neglect it. And when you say, well, what what do you mean train up our children? We do that. We teach them. But yet, let me give you a brief illustration to help with this. You see, the Hebrew midwives would do something. They would help the mother through the pregnancy. They would help them with the delivery and they would clean up the baby. But before they placed it upon the mother's breast, they did something. They took a syrup or a paste, if you will, a a very sugary substance made from dates. And they would massage it on the gums of the newborn infant. And what that did is it caused the child to start making a sucking noise, a sucking motion with their tongue. And when that happened, then they would place that newborn baby on the mother's breast so that it would begin to suck and be fed. Well, that word there is where we would get like cake from from the Hebrew. And, and what it does is simply means to acquire a taste. You see, that's what it's talking about. That's what that word train means, to train up a child. It means that they would acquire a taste. Now, dear ladies, we you have to help each other acquire a taste for the godly things. Help the children to acquire a taste. That's the training aspect. Teach them how to do things in a godly manner. Younger ladies in church, I want you to look to the older ladies. I want you to look to those around you, the grandmas, the aunts, 
And if you see that godly woman, don't be afraid to ask her for advice. My friends, we must acquire a taste. Now, to paraphrase in closing, because we, I'm running out of time, Hannah conceived. And you can imagine her joy of finally having a child, but she remembered her promise to God. This is where faithfulness comes in. She gave her child when he was weaned to the service of the Lord, that he would serve. She kept her vow to God. Can you imagine how hard that must be? Your firstborn child, you've been barren for so long. But yet she knew that God was faithful. And she kept her word. That young boy was named Samuel. He was one of great influence in Israel. And I love the story of Samuel's calling. We'll get to that at another time. But my dear friends, for a conclusion of this message, I want to invite you to please come to Christ Covenant Church at 1030 today, this Sunday, for it is Mother's Day, and this message will be in much more detail. I want you to understand something. God did not make a mistake. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows your inward parts. Now, my friends, that often seems cliche, but I want you to understand that that word there, the knitting together, the knowing of your inward parts, you can see that in Psalm 139. That's the same word that is used for the weaving of a fine tapestry. God did not make a mistake. He caused you to be as he made you. All of it is precious. And for you mothers today, I want you to think about this. When you come to Christ and you have received that blessing of being a mother, I want you to understand. I want you to cherish that moment because God has given you the opportunity, the opportunity that you would help your child to acquire a taste for him. Just as Hannah did. She gave her child unto the Lord. I want you to consider this. Have you given yourself unto God? Have you consecrated yourself? Have you asked God? Have you kept a vow? Have you submitted yourself to the sovereign God that you would be able to glorify Him in every aspect in the high calling of being a mother? Now, my friends, we're located at 1320 West Nolana Avenue here in McAllen, Texas. I want to invite you to our service today at 1030. And if you would like to give, you can go to our website or go to our Facebook page. 
Our website is ChristCovenantMcCallan.org or look us up on Facebook. We're Christ Covenant McCallan. And there you can give, you can support, you can watch our sermons, you can ask us questions, and we'll be happy to respond. But may God bless you and keep you. And happy Mother's Day.